Welcome to Prajna Sparks, a podcast where we listen to a Dharma talk, contemplate with our minds and in our hearts, and engage in guided meditation. In this episode, we explore Dana Paramita, the transcendent perfection of giving. Every episode of Prajna Sparks takes hours to plan, record, and edit. We would be so grateful if you could give a minute of your time to subscribe and review our podcast. How about right now? As we begin to explore the paramitas, transcendent perfections, it is extremely valuable to understand that the transcendent piece refers to a non-dual experience. At the moment, we have a decidedly dualistic experience, and we don't have any way to snap our fingers and get out of it. It's not a matter of balancing things or canceling one thing out with another. Those are temporary measures. They are helpful here and now, and they are useful and a very good idea to the extent that they are healthy and lead onward to liberation and omniscience. But don't fool ourselves into thinking that we've slipped magically into some non-dual dimension that has made our particular conduct of giving, ethical discipline, patience, diligence, meditative concentration, or precise knowledge enlightened in some way. This is the paradox of our samsaric condition. We are Buddhas by nature non-dual wisdom beyond any concepts of an actor, a recipient, and an action that temporarily connects them. And yet, due to the misperception of reality, the ignorance that takes there to be a truly existent self, this non-dual experience of reality, just as it is, fractures fragments into self and other, good and bad, black and white. In the Mahamudra tradition of the Kagyu lineage of Tibetan Buddhism, we use our dualistic perception as the very basis for transcending it. We are not transcending daily life, nor are we pretending that daily life is all that there is for us. We are recognizing that the non-dual experience of Buddha nature is our birthright, our true nature, and we are using our experience to transcend the misperception that prevents us from connecting with that reality just as it is. These are very profound questions. So let's look at dana paramita, transcendent perfection of giving or generosity, to understand what that means in everyday terms. Dana is the Sanskrit word, also the Pali, that is usually translated as giving, generosity, or even charity. Because Sanskrit, English, and other Indo-European languages share a common ancestor, we can hear Dana in the words donor, donate, or donation. It means to give with an open-hearted attitude that is not seeking some kind of reward from the giving, nor is it even creating artificial distinctions between the giver 
and the recipient and creating some kind of artificial action that connects the two only as that giving is happening. There is a subtle sense there, as long as that fragile, intangible action connection is present, then there is that division between you and me. Can you feel it? Dana paramita, the transcendent perfection of giving, occurs in a sphere where there is no artificial boundary between the giver, the recipient, and an action. It is the recognition of the whole cloth that encompasses all of these beyond giver, recipient, and action. This is some pretty heady stuff. How does that play out in everyday life? It's tricky, and we just start where we are. We start by looking at our experience of giving as it is and allowing it to grow and expand. We can give any kind of material things, money, clothes, food, housing, whatever it may be. We can also give what's called in Buddhist practice protection, a place of safety or security, if only for a time. In Buddhist spiritual practice, the ultimate we can give is the Dharma. It's what allows the recipient to grow themselves in spiritual practice all the way to the point of expressing their own true nature. While material goods and even protection provide only temporary advantages, Dharma is the ultimate advantage because it leads to liberation and Buddhahood. For example, if we want to have this high aspiration in our giving, we can still give even the smallest little breadcrumb to a pigeon as we go about our day with the mindset, may this token of generosity serve as the basis for immense merit for accomplishing Buddhahood. It takes some time to get used to giving with that attitude, but it's incredibly joyful. It feeds itself. It ripens into more and more joy such that we are actively looking for ways that we can give in such an inspired and pleasant way. We can see this kind of giving in one of the previous life stories of the Buddha that he tells in the sutras. He explains that at a time when he was a prince, he came upon a starving tigress in the forest with four cubs. The cubs, of course, were also going to starve. The tigress did not have enough in her to produce milk for them and was too tired to hunt and eat. At that time, the Buddha-to-be was a bodhisattva, able to realize the emptiness of giving even their own body. So the prince cut off a piece of his flesh to give to the tigress so that she would become strong enough to kill him and eat him whole, produce milk for her cubs. Eventually, these five tigers, the mother and her cubs, were reborn at the time of the Buddha Shakyamuni as the first five students of the Buddha, 
the excellent retinue who received the teachings on the four truths, the Buddha's first public teaching. Now, this does not mean that we have to go off cutting off pieces of our body and feeding it to wild animals, but we can look at the core of giving. When we look at all of the paramitas, we will find that the crux is in our inner attitude. Giving that is inspired not only by that moment, not only by the rewards that we will gain from it, but from a recognition of the wholeness of our relationship with the recipient and all beings, the wholeness of our connection going forward beyond this moment, this day, and even this life, then the giving becomes panoramic in extent. While material giving is the most accessible, it's also the most limited, because it's finite. Whatever our status of wealth and possessions, if we start giving it all away, even the richest person in the world would eventually reach the end of their financial capacity to give. Moreover, well before that end point, our intention with respect to giving will start to deteriorate. We may start experiencing poverty mentality or fear of deprivation ourselves. What can we do about that? We can give in many ways, not only money or material possessions, but we can also give in a way that honors our interconnection with all beings. A smile, respect, kindness. If, for example, we pass someone who is unhoused and requesting money, and for whatever reason we do not feel we're in the place to give them money, perhaps we have some food with us to give. Or if that is also not available for any reason, we can still give a smile, some kindness, verbalize a wish for a good day, or simply just internally give the aspiration that this individual with whom we are silently interconnected will find peace, happiness, sufficiency, warmth, and shelter. As we walk along the way and we see a small beetle or other bug on the sidewalk or in a busily traveled path, we can give protection by simply lifting them up out of the way. If we see a lost dog or cat in the street, we can take them to a no-kill shelter that will do the most possible to rehabilitate and house the animal. When we engage with friends or family, we can give them our time and our attention, listening to them with an open heart, deeply caring about what they have to say. Protection itself is also something not to consider in a limited way. Giving our attentiveness, our care, expressing our respect is a kind of protection. It encourages wholesome, joyful qualities in others rather than apprehension, fear, or a sense of neglect, abandonment, or what have you. You can also practice giving by not taking what is not given. For example, when we are meeting with someone in a certain time, arriving on time 
or before that time, is generosity. You are showing respect for their day, for their time, for their willingness to meet you at an appropriate time. Should they arrive late, we can be generous in receiving them despite that. So right there, there is a non-duality, so to speak. We do not take time that is not given to us by arriving late, and yet we freely give the time that we had not offered ahead of time when someone else arrives late. We can share our knowledge of Dharma, even if it's only how to get to the nearest Dharma center, or what page of the liturgy are we reading for someone who is trying to find their way. To the extent that we learn Dharma and are able to share the Dharma with others, this is the highest practice of generosity. Even short of knowing Dharma to the point that we can teach it to others, we can aspire to attain Buddhahood so that we can freely and with non-conceptual wisdom and power give of the Dharma to all beings. This is just the very tip of the iceberg. There are so many ways to give, beginning even with ourselves, giving us the patience, love, kindness, and tenderness that we all want and aspire to give to others. We can find ways to give every moment of our day. In fact, the Buddha tells us that if we only knew the immeasurable benefits of giving, we would not let a moment pass without doing so. There's so many ways that the practice of giving actually opens up our sacred creativity, our ability to think outside of the box of dualistic perception and start to find ways to be more expansive and more whole in our practice of giving to ourselves and others for the sake of attaining liberation and omniscience, the perfect and complete manifestation of our own Buddha nature. This is Yeshe for Prajna Sparks. Be sure to join us every month on the new and full moons for fresh episodes. Stay tuned now for contemplation tips and guided meditation with Lama Zopa. Shivni is our Tibetan singing bowl artist. Thanks for giving us some time out of your day to like, subscribe, share, and review Prajna Sparks. It really does make a big difference. If you have any questions, contact us via email, Instagram, or Facebook. Check the episode notes for those links and for more resources on today's topic. Visit us on the web at prajnafire.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Prajna Sparks. Thank you for listening. May all beings benefit. Hello, friends, and welcome to the contemplation section of the podcast. As we contemplate on Donna, on generosity, we can incorporate this into our daily lives as we're walking around, as showering, making a meal, what have you. Point here again is just to seize the opportunity 
to reflect for ourselves, to see the wisdom in the teachings, to see what fits for us, and to begin to connect it with our own experience. So when we're contemplating generosity, a few ways we can start to inquire into that might be something like this. Can I start to see my daily activities through the lens of generosity? Can I see how my actions, whether they be physical, verbal, or mental, are actually a giving of my energy to the world and to others? How can I strengthen the power of this generosity and use it more and more skillfully? What happens when I approach each day as an opportunity to give joyfully? I invite you to use those as a jumping off point for your own contemplations and see where it leads you. For our meditation today, we will focus on finding joy in generosity. This meditation is going to be one where we're examining for ourselves our feelings about generosity, giving ourselves the space to really delve into that and to discover generosity as an enriching practice. Begin by grounding just coming into the space that you're in, allowing yourself to settle physically and mentally at the same time that you maintain that uplifted energetic quality of mind. So find that balance point that feels very grounded, but also uplifted and energetic. And from that space of groundedness will help the mind settle with a little bit of tranquility practice, shamatha. If it feels appropriate, we can just use our breath as the meditation object, focusing one-pointedly on it flowing in and out, simply recognizing whenever we get distracted or start thinking about something else, and gently let it go and just bring mind back to the flow, the inhalation and exhalation of the breath. Let's practice like that for a minute or two.
turn your awareness inward to the contemplation of generosity. What does it feel like inside when we imagine and contemplate the practice of giving? Perhaps we feel positive. Maybe we feel uncomfortable. It is highly likely that we have mixed feelings that arise for us. Give space and open-hearted permission for whatever is there. Look into it with curiosity. If there is a positive, uplifting feeling regarding generosity, remain one-pointedly focused on the experience of it until it naturally subsides, and then again return to the interior contemplation of generosity. If there is an unpleasant feeling, welcome it in and inquire into what it is saying. Perhaps it is a sense of feeling obligated to give when we don't want to. Perhaps a sense of impoverishment or of being judged or told what to do. Or maybe it is a fearful feeling coming from self-protection impulse saying that we are being naive and the world or others will take advantage of us or any other possibility. Whatever it is, just stay with it in that sense of spacious allowance, not trying to drive it away or solve it or fix it or change it or believe it to be you or yours. Just allow it to be in the light of your attention. Now, remember a time, or imagine it, when you gave something, a smile, a kind word, money, protection, a gift, a dharma explanation, comfort. 
and the person or other being receiving it needed it and was so happy to get it. Can you feel the joy their happiness sparked in you? What happens to your sense of connection with that being? Does it help you tap into that fierce, wondrous vulnerability of recognizing you are both alive, living, and interconnected? Finally, spend a few moments recognizing how you can access and cultivate this alive, joyous form of generosity, generosity as it is intended to be in yourself, and how you can choose to bring it into life as a practice. The practice of generosity brings benefit in the present and in the future, for oneself and for others. When we can orient our minds towards the generosity rather than the thing given or ourselves as the giver, and also towards that heartfelt wish to benefit others, this sparks joy and overcomes conflicting feelings. How wonderful that this is in our hands, moment to moment. How fortunate to have the opportunity to engage it, solely dependent upon recognizing that. To conclude, let's share whatever goodness has come of this. Be generous with that force of goodness, freely and joyfully giving it to all beings, recognizing that in the giving, in the dedication of merit, that joy, that positive energy is not diminished, nor is our access to it diminished. Rather, it is made accessible, unfathomable, available to all, including us, to partake in. Thank you for your practice and for all you do.